We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. All right. Well, hey, friends. Welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I am your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 356. This is also my very first live podcast, so it should be a good time. I'm excited. Um, I have Amy Harper, who is the SVP of Retail Development, and Bailey Watson, who is Executive Director of Leasing, here from the DMC. So I thought it would be a great little start to have these ladies on. Would love to hear a little bit about what you do, what goes into making this event happen. Who's first? <laughs> wow, that's a that's a loaded question, Bethany. Well, first You're off, like, how thank much time you do so you much for having us. We're so happy to be here. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like when it, Dallas Market Center puts on a show, um, it is always amazing. Uh, I feel like we bring buyers and sellers together. That's what Dallas Market Center is known for. We've been doing it for quite some time, and um, you know bringing Western and English together in our building all under one roof, I would say is, it's amazing. We've been doing it now for five, how many years have we been doing this now? Three. Three. It's been three. Wow. We're going on four. So yeah, we're excited to be here. So there's a lot to it. We have amazing teams here at the Market Center. Um, whether it's our leasing team, we've got our operation team, we have setup, we have all of the brands and the buyers coming together. I mean, it's, it's an entire production that we're very proud of. Bailey, for someone who's never attended a Dallas Market event, coming to Ada for the first time, what can they expect? Give me like the Ada for dummies. What goes on this week? So there's a, thank you. <laughs> um, there's a lot that goes on. Um, I think your first time here, um, it's you should know that it is a one-stop shop. So I try to assist with everything from start to finish. Um, we try to make the process as easy as possible um, from the buyer standpoint and the exhibitor standpoint. Anything you need is pretty much here on campus as far as setting up your booth and all of that. One thing I will say about being a part of ADA um, is that you will capture other buyers, not just equestrian buyers. Um, so I feel like you open up a lot of new accounts um, that you would have typically probably not seen otherwise um, in just a true equestrian show. Right. So I think that's huge. Definitely. So Ada is basically a place where retailers or brands can set up booths and, and be a vendor and then have in-person communication for other retail partners to be able to touch and feel things, you know, have these new relationships to be able to have the products in their store, yes, which I think is so important for people. I mean, you can do, only do so much over email. Absolutely, right? so. that's what Amy and I were talking about. Um, you know, being face to face with the buyer is so important, um, and that's what we do. We bring the buyer to the seller, and um, they are together in under one roof and can capture, you know, anything they need to right here. Definitely. Is this working? No. 
nope. we're good. We're going to trade. <laughs> I would say one thing that Dallas Market Center um, is known for is, and we like to tote our slogan, is inspire the art of commerce. And I think, you know, going back to those that may not understand the wholesale and retail component that is happening in this building, we have all of these retail owners and um, businesses that are coming together, buying, the, buying and selecting the brands that they're carrying in their retail store. So I would say that um, overall, that's the concept of what's happening and bringing them together and inspiring them to develop these relationships. That's a big word we use here at Dallas yeah. Market Center. So I would say when it comes to relationships, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to brag about DMC, but um, we've been doing this for over 65 years and wow. relationship building is our business. We're family owned and operated. We, you know, we, we work to and cater to all of these retailers and all of these brands that are independently owned, you know, corporations. I mean, all of it, it all comes together here. And so it's something that we're very proud of. Yeah. And I think it's such an important part of moving the needle in the horse world is mm -hmm. to continue to have those relationships and it just gives a central location for retail partners and for brands to get together twice a year and it's just so special. I will say this so when Bailey started going you know like focusing on Ada and getting diving into this industry and community all I heard was from her was these people are amazing you know they they're so nice and kind and I'm learning from them and they're they're guiding me in the right direction and I have to say I'm going to let Bailey take it from here. But I have to say, it was so refreshing for her to hear that because this was an industry that was new to us. And they they adopted her and they have like, and she's just like dived right in. So I'm going to let her take it from here. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that the industry as a whole um, is such a tight knit community and they have offered so much support. And honestly, the show wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Um, they have supported the growth. That has um, been a huge part of the growth here in Dallas. I think when I, the very first show that we did, we had 25 exhibitors. Wow. Um, and so we've grown to a little over, um, I think it's 75. Um, and then brands, it's it's pushing 250. Wow. So um, we've definitely seen a huge growth over the past couple of years. Um, thanks to these exhibitors. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about the Dallas market. Um, next, we have we're going to move a little bit along to our retailers, which is obviously a huge part of what makes the Dallas market what it is. So first up, we have Cindy Lay, who is um, the owner of Exceptional Equestrian. And I have known Cindy for a while. She is a powerhouse in the retail world. And so Cindy's making her way up here. So good to see you, Cindy. Good to see you. I love that I can say good to see you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good to hear from you. Um, tell me a little bit about like how you plan your buying, you know, product categories, budgeting for the year as a retailer. Honestly, up until this year, I didn't. <laughs> I would come and I would just get a feel of what I wanted and kind of plan the year out with that. So yeah. I never made a plan. This year I am making a plan. It seems like every election year, the sales, people buy what they need, they don't buy what they want. Sure. And so this year I am gonna be a little bit more cautious of my spend and just kind of focus on things that people are, like white britches and, and beige britches and white show shirts and not do all the fun seasonal sure. things. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's smart, that's good advice. Um, what is your goal going into Ada this week? 
Um, I want to find one new brand that I just absolutely love and want to bring home, um, and then just reconnect with wonderful other vendors, wonderful other manufacturers. It's just this. This is kind of like coming back and I know. going back to high school and seeing right. everybody again. It's so fun. Yeah, it's, it's so great. fun seeing seeing everyone again, and then also putting faces to names yes, that yes. maybe you've just talked with over social media or email. Mm -hmm. So that's so special too. Yeah. Well, Cindy, thank you so You're much. You're welcome, for Bethany. Thanks for having on. me. That was Cindy Lay from Exceptional Equestrian, absolute powerhouse of a retailer. And next up, we have Catherine Winter from Ride Equisave. So she is making her way up. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about Ride Equisave and what you do, because I feel like it's a little bit unique in yes. the sense that you are a retailer but you're also a brand. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Yes, so on the retail side, as you mentioned, I have a company named Ride Equisafe, and we started about three years ago. We specialize in equestrian safety equipment, and I started that out of my own need. I was looking for my own safety equipment and felt like I couldn't find really great information about how to make the best and most informed decision for myself, and so that's how Ride Equisafe was born. And where we are now and what I'm doing here at Ada is one of the brands that I carried, um, which is Aquatem. They're a French brand and they were looking for a distributor in the US mm. and I was carrying their products and I pretty much only carry what I really love. Yeah. I, my store is what I shop for for myself um, and loved the brand and had the opportunity to become the US distributor. So all of, all of our companies, if you will, are under the Ride Equi emblem so we have ride equi which is the distributor ride equisafe which is the safety company and then we also have a lifestyle company called ride equistyle amazing i love that it's good branding too yeah, thank yeah. you what what is it like being here at ada how do you kind of juggle and balance <laughs> retail and like kind of having both ends of the Ends yeah. of the coin. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of shiny ball syndrome because you're walking <laughs> around and you're like, oh my gosh, I see all these things that I'd like to carry myself. Mm -hmm. And I, my role here this time is to, to be a distributor and I have my own booth here. Right. And so thankfully, a lot of the connections I've made are from people that are competitors on the retail side, but also friends. And so using those connections, bringing them to my booth and showing them what I have, hopefully they know what I love and what taste I have, and that's kind of creating some intrigue for them to want to come to the booth and see the Equitem brand. For someone listening who is a new retailer or mm -hmm. opening their own tax store, what advice would you give them? Um, so don't go big or go home. <laughs> Be a little bit cautious, do your research. Definitely find mentors that are going to compete with you, but in a positive way, and also guide you. Um, and really use your gut. Like, you have to start with things that you love. Don't look at what you think everybody else loves because you won't be able to sell that as well. You need to be able to love what you sell. Totally. Yeah, I think you do that so well. Thank and it you. should be that way. It shouldn't be like, oh, I think people like this and like, oh, this might be popular because you're going to put your heart and soul into the stuff Absolutely. that you love yes. and actually use it and actually wear it yourself. So exactly. I think that's great advice. Yes. Well, thank you so much thank for Thank you so much on. for having me. I appreciate me. it. I hope yes. you have a great show. Thank you. Next up, we have some influencers, which are a big part of the show and a big part of the industry as it really helps 
um, market products, market retail. Um, so we first have Shaylee Ham, who is our Western influencer. She's been a part of the Dallas market, oh my gosh, for how long? Um, since 2018. Yeah. Like on and off. Um, for the last three years, I've been coming to every Wessa since it moved here. But I've been coming to Dallas Market since 2018, which is just so crazy Amazing. to think of. Amazing. That's so cool. I love that. Tell me a little bit about moving into this year. Obviously, it's crazy to say, but holiday season's like right around the corner. Yeah. What are some up-and-coming Western fashion trends that you've been seeing? So while I've been walking around Market Center so far, I'm really thinking of not only holiday, but national finals rodeo. That also happens in December. And so that sometimes almost overweighs the holiday season for us just because there's so many trends that are focused around the NFR. And a couple things I've been noticing, um, Cosmic Cowgirls, what I'm calling it, is kind of making a comeback. There's stars everywhere, whether wow. you're looking at Western brands or we just hit the contemporary floor, there's stars everywhere. We're seeing a lot of um, embellished denim and a lot of denim on denim. So denim tops, corsets, and then they're pairing those with matching or even contrasting denims. And fringe for the Western gals, like that's a staple. Like, love. so that's never gonna go away. I love that. Um, a big part of both Wessa and Ada is the iconic fashion show that goes on. I know there's one going on tonight. Tell me a little bit about what you look forward to and some things that you've seen that you've really liked in the past. The fashion show for me is always a great experience to get my eyes on some brands that I wouldn't typically yeah. have on my list that I'm going to stop into. I've discovered so many new brands from the fashion show. So I'm always taking pictures, videos, and then just looking at them at the end of the day after the fashion show and seeing like what some of the similar trends are across totally. the different, they always have the theme sections, but you can kind of find similarities across each of those and just seeing like what to expect in the next coming seasons. Yeah, and being here in the past as a style eye myself, I love the fashion show because, yeah. um, and you might say the same thing, but opposite that I don't get a ton of exposure to Western brands on a daily basis being in the hunter jumper world. So that's why I like love the fashion yeah. show because I'm like, oh, I love those boots or like I love those hats yeah. and I don't normally get to wear them. So that this is where I really get yeah. to like. And it's always fun to see the different ways they kind of make some of the Western brands more contemporary totally. or make some of the contemporary brands more Western yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Shaylee, thank you so much for coming on. I yes, really appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. Next up, we have an English influencer and um, this is Madeline Hauser. So come on down, Madeline. She is from the Instagram account Blonde in the Bay, and she's actually recently been on the podcast. So the I was second like, time. It's fun that now we get to talk in person. <laughs> Two times in a month. Wow, right? I love it. So <laughs> exciting. So tell me, this is your first time here as a style eye. Mm -hmm. um, for someone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about when we say style eye, give someone the rundown of what you do as a style eye at Ada. Picking all the beautiful things, it's basically. Fun. It's it fun is job. fun. It is fun. <laughs> but more so, you know, I'm excited to approach this market as the first dressage rider. And it's fun because United States Dressage Federation just opened up their rules. So now we're able, as you know, to add more color to our palette. So we're definitely, you know, seeing that people are enjoying it and kind of opening their horizons. I'm excited to see kind of what's out there and bring that into the uh, the show ring. So that's kind of my mission with Stylize is just to 
just to find the fun stuff and definitely for my dressage riders. (laughs) That's so cool. I love that. What have been some English trends that you have seen that maybe the rest of the dressage and English world can expect to see come this holiday season? You know, I think with the USDF broadening their rules like i said nothing is off limits so there's people competing in purple boots purple jackets like red boots like so you know i'm excited to see what in our world we kind of call it matchy matchy so if there's like a fun bright color that is show ring legal that we can match with you know the blazon and our helmets and all that kind of fun stuff i'm thinking that there's still a lot of traditional riders out there. Me being myself, when I'm in the show ring, I like the black, the I was navy, gonna the say, white. Still you know, be like I'm not going to change my breeches <laughs> color because that's just, I'm a diehard traditionalist. But there's some people out there that different body types like darker colors. It's just mm-hmm. personal preference. So I think, you know, as far as trends, the English world, I often kind of feel like is a little bit more behind. So this is a really cool step in the right direction to be able to represent the dressage community and say, hey, you can have fun. And maybe, you know, as time goes on, we'll see more color palette. Definitely. Yeah. What has been your Ada experience so far in terms of um, the relationships that you've made or like you might be seeing people for the first time in person that you've maybe talked with for a while over Instagram? What's that been like? Well, I was here in January of 22 as a buyer for a company I was working for. So to be able to meet all these brands in person was great, but I have a lot of established relationships with them through Instagram, like Lemieux, uh, Cavallo, Castell. So to be able to put the name, you know, with the face and have those conversations, I think that's really important because like I said, there's no one else in the dressage community that is doing this. So to be so able to, to chat with the brands and, and really kind of take it to the next level, it's really fun to be able to bring more of a fashion side into our world versus just, just the riding, which Definitely. is what we love, but yeah. it's fun to, you know, it's fun to, to find new brands and right. um, things that are all ends of the spectrum price point size inclusivity all of that so definitely it's it's fun to to be able to meet everyone yeah absolutely (laughs) well yeah it's fun to meet you likewise now well thank you (laughs) so much for coming on of course i was going to say our last conversation was like heavy compared to this so i'm like this is nice now yeah tune into madeline's other podcast episode it's a little (laughs) different a little heavier but thank you for having me absolutely Speaking of all of this Ada fun, this episode is brought to you by the Dallas Market Center. Ada is literally one of my favorite events to go to, and Ada happens twice a year. The next one is January 17th through 20th in 2024, and it is the Equestrian Lifestyle Marketplace. Dallas is home to the American Equestrian Trade Association International Trade Show. It really is the premier global event showcasing equestrian industry products from leading manufacturers across a variety of categories, including apparel, tack, gift, home, design, lighting, accessories, and more. So for more information or pre-signing up, head over to dallasmarketcenter.com for more information. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, well, next up, we have Christy Lake, who is here with the lovely dreamers and schemers. And I was just telling everyone that I have been working with you, Christy, for years now. So it's so fun to have you here. You're like a mentor to me through all the stuff that I've done. So I love that. Right back at you. (laughs) Well, tell me a little bit 
about what you do in the side of, because I feel like your brand is so uh, well-known, like your booth, everyone knows your booth and it's like super bright, super fun. Tell me a little bit about what you kind of do as far as navigating pricing, what you bring to the show, and then like kind of like the back end stuff. Like how do you figure out when you're coming out with a new product? I was just telling everyone, you obviously were super well known for your socks. Now you have slippers, now you have saddle pads. How do you determine cost so that you are, you know, you are good for obviously your retail space, but then obviously wholesale for retailers, you know, during ADA for instance? Yeah, it's, um, it's been a little bit of a journey because like you did mention, we did start with socks and we had only done socks for years and like we pretty much had that dialed. Um, and now that we are coming out with all these new products from different manufacturers coming from different places, I've definitely had to figure this out a couple times, um, even within the last couple of weeks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so first of all, you have to figure out like your cost, like your fixed cost and your variable costs. So it's not only just the cost of what, you know, the price of the product that you're getting, say like a pair of slippers, you have to factor in the shipping costs, the duties, like the landed costs. That's just like the basic fixed cost. Then you have to take into consideration rent, labor. Like usually when you start a business, you're doing it by yourself. You're bootstrapping everything. You don't really take that into consideration. But if you think of if you were paying someone else to do all the things that you're doing for free, you have to add that into the base cost because eventually you are going to get so big that you are going to have a team of people and you are going to have to pay everyone. So the goal, right? <laughs> so totally. You have to add that in. You have to add in some marketing budget. You have to add in um, commission if you're going to get a future sales rep. So there's all these little things that maybe don't seem feasible at the moment, but you have to build that in already because it's amazing when you can lower the prices on products, but it sucks when you have to raise the prices on products on your retail partners. So sometimes it's inevitable, but if you, if you make a good little buffer in there at the beginning, it's less likely that you have to do that very often. Secondly, you have to identify your business goals for the products. So you have to be very clear about what you want to achieve. If you want to maximize profits or um, maximize market share. So maximizing profits, your costs are gonna be a little bit higher. Maximizing market share, lower, you want it to be everywhere. What I call a toilet paper product. So it's just like, everyone has it, everyone needs it. Repeat buys, that's kind of like the market share part. Knowing your customers, so do your customers want the cheapest version of this item or do they want, or do they consider like something more expensive to be more valuable or better value? So that really depends on the product that you're selling. But knowing your customer is important because you'll know what they like. Then the positioning of your brand and the value. So do you want to be the most luxurious brand out there? Do you want to be top of the line, like Gucci, Gucci, Gucci? Or do you want to be the least expensive, um, maximum volume, um, or somewhere in the middle? So that has a huge impact on where you want to price your products. Um, and then also the type of product that it is. So if it is a product that like saves your customer time or saves them money, you can usually price those things a little bit higher because they can see how it's gonna make their life better. And so they will pay a little bit more money for something like that either rather than something that's just like 
you're trying to go for the cheapest, cheery, just volume kind of thing. Your competitors, so checking out your competition is important. Um, not copying them, just checking them out, seeing what they're doing. Comparing the levels of service that they provide or the quality of the product and like figuring out what customers those brands are attracting, not just what they're doing, but who's buying them and deciding if those are your customers or not. And then profit. So don't just look at your, like while you're looking at your competitors, sorry, um, and you're checking out their prices, don't just take their price and arbitrarily like pull it out of the air and be like, this is what is gonna happen. You have to decide whether you are going, like how profitable you wanna be. So that all kind of, I don't know. The answer is very profitable. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Always. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. that's kind of yeah. in a nutshell what I do to figure out um, how I'm pricing new products that we're bringing that's to market. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. In terms of, mm. I, I feel like we mm. have been working together for a while mm -hmm. on the social media end. Mm -hmm. um, I've always kind of created content for you, mm -hmm. and we've been doing that for a while. What? Oh, obviously, it's different brand mm. per brand and product mm -hmm. per product, but what posts, video, mm. photo, reels, like what, what stuff have you noticed has been doing well on social media mm. lately? Uh, it's kind of, it's, well, it's all over the map. It's hard. Yep. We all know it's hard <laughs> these days. It is very hard to crack the code. Honestly, for my brand personally, when I just post like really ridiculous, silly stuff that doesn't even have anything to do with the brand, yeah. that usually does the best. And it's like, kind of gives everyone a break from the constant, like, just buy this, look at this, this right. is new. Like, right. we all know that's the game, but like, I don't know, sometimes it's just nice to laugh at something or see something silly or just see a little bit more of like the personality of the brand without like putting my face on there and just being like, this is what I did all day and this yeah. is what I ate and like that right, kind of stuff. Right. So it's just like bringing a little levity to stuff and reminding people that it's fun and we're fun and we do this and that we're in this industry because we like it and we love horses and just it's supposed to be fun. So right. I like fun stuff. So yeah. I'm going to say fun. Love that. <laughs> I love that. And I feel speaking of mm. brand personality, mm. I feel like that's something that you have done so well. Mm. For a newer brand looking to maybe create some of that brand personality, I also feel like you do a great job of like, it's not necessarily Christy Lake dreamers and schemers. Mm. Like you don't show your face a lot, which no. is not <laughs> typically something. When I mm. have my equestrian workshop for business women, mm. I'm usually like, you should show you. You need to show up. You need mm. to show your face on stories. But you have found a way to create such a strong brand personality mm. that if you don't want to, you don't have to be up on your stories. So, for what advice would you give to a brand looking to kind of develop their own brand personality? So, sorry. I think you really have to think long term. If you build a brand around your person in your face, it's going to be very hard to sell that brand later on the line yeah. if that's like one of your goals. So it's just, it's very hard to replicate like human. <laughs> right. Like if, if it was just me, it was the Christie show all the time and my face was on there all the time, it would be very hard to move on from this company personally or have anyone else be able to like purchase it and make like go forward and be profitable with it. That's so true. That was one of my, I've had a lot of different businesses and sold a lot of different businesses in the past and they have gone from being very, very personal, all about me, to now, you know, what Dreamers and Schemers is, is now. And it was something that I definitely had to learn because it is, 
you can't buy a human. You can't yeah. buy a person. Right. So when you make it kind of too much about the person and their story, it's it becomes like you know what I'm trying yeah. to say, you guys. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Mm. Coming into the holiday season, mm. I had you bring a product. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me a little bit about these guys. Aww. Okay, so I know we've been socks, 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 but I mean, these still go on your feet, right? Um, definitely. Oh, we. I love that did a small run of slippers last holiday season. They came in right before Christmas. It was like to the wire. Uh, stall rest and the horse head emojis, and they sold out instantly. Um, it was amazing. And so we- They're so squishy they too. So They're like squishy. so comfortable. I, know, I wear them I all the time. <laughs> um, so we brought them back this year. It, huge timeline lead up to Christmas now, so it's gonna be fine. Uh, and we, um, added new styles, we added smaller sizes for the kids, and we made different socks for them. So all the slippers come with socks, little crew socks that are super, super stretchy. You can wear them as boot socks as well. And they're just fun. This fun, cute little gift idea. I love it. It's oh, great. Sweet. Well, Christy, thank you so much for coming mm. on. I hope you have a great rest of your show. Thank you. You too. Whoops. Next up, we have Jill Tweedy, who is the CEO of Tucker Tweed. Jill, thank Hi. you so much for coming on. Hi. Oh, here. Hi. Nice and close. Perfect. Tell me some tips that you have because your booth is always stunning. Thank and you. And you also have, I mean, it helps you have stunning product. Thank so you. So it definitely speaks for itself. You have beautiful leather bags and goods. So tell me some tips of an eye-catching booth and the importance of having an eye-catching booth. Okay. Well, a lot of what works for us, I've learned as we've gone, as we've gone along, and we found what works for us is something that um, visually is quite stunning. It catches your attention when you come around the corner. Like for example, this time we've done a mannequin in the corner of our booth, and people are drawn to mannequins. They're drawn to the fashion and the style that a mannequin is wearing. That's simple. But then we also have really nice lifestyle photography. Photography really matters. Yeah. So um, if you notice when you come to our booth, and this is just a tiny thing, but tiny things are actually big things our lifestyle photography, the models are looking into our booth. On uh -huh. one end, she's looking in. On the opposite end, she's looking in the other way. Yeah. So it's directing your eyes. Your eyes are following her eyes into the booth. So that matters. Then we bring in things that warm up the space. Like if you look at the space here, there's greenery. Greenery is just inviting and warm and natural. Greenery right. helps. Things that are glistening, like bringing in silver or bringing in glass, things that just kind of catches the light. These are all things that catch your eye. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, here, the, the, um, the Dallas Market Center has a great support system for exhibitors here. They partner with GES and they provide anything you need for your booth. Because when we commit to doing a booth, we are given shelves or racks and tables wow. and lighting, uh, chairs, all the things you really need. And then if you've got a great product, you're, you're pretty well set up. Yeah, what are, what are you packing for? Like how much do you have to pack hmm. to, to bring over to you with, so, to Dallas? That's a great question. So each show we are shipping more weight in purses because we're growing our SKUs. Like we shipped, this sounds strange, but we shipped about 200 pounds of purses. Wow. Um, and each time, you know, back to your previous question, we try to change things up a little bit. So this time we brought more things to add to our booth. Okay. So, um, but we, we do ship about six cartons here usually. But another thing about the Dallas Market Center that GES provides for us is when you commit to a booth, they will hold 
product for you. Like, for example, I mentioned we have a mannequin this time. They'll hold it for us. Okay. So it'll be here in January. I don't have to ship it oh, here again. That's so nice. Um, same thing with our, our banners. The banners that we've done, they're life size. They're huge. They're about eight feet tall. They can live here. So we don't have to pay for storage. It's part of our commitment. Definitely. Oh, yeah. that's that's really good to know. Yeah. I feel like um, having a physical booth like this, there's a bit of a learning curve. Yes. Of, like what goes well. What have been some past things that, you know, early on that you learned and things that you've had to tweak over the years? More is more. Send everything. You're better off with having more than you need and taking something back to your hotel or tucking it under a table. Right. I don't want to get here and then be scrambling to find something yep. or sending a staff member out to find something. Right. Command strips. Can't have enough of those. Yep. Office supplies, tiny things. Ship them here. You need office supplies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Little things. You're a brand that is almost everywhere. Like I, any tax store, I usually see Tucker Tweed. Thank you. What do you do now as more of a seasoned brand that mm. is a lot of places? What, what do you do as far as, I mean, obviously, are, are you coming into a show with a certain goal of new partnerships? What does that look like for you? So I, I want to believe we're a little bit unique in the horse world in that one of the things that I've learned that works for me is to ask other women what they like. And so each show, I pull out a notepad and obviously I'm comfortable talking, but I'm really good at listening too. And people will say, hey Jill, have you ever thought about an emerald purse? You know, I'm always listening to women and I find for each show, I will take notes and then by the next show, I'll have the product. And you all know what sells, you know what you want. And I listen and I bring it. I mean, almost everything we're debuting this show, someone has asked for. It could be a tax wow. store, it could be an influencer, it could be a friend. But I really listen, and, and you all have the best ideas. My ideas are here, but your ideas are wide open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of products, we have done a few products together we and have. colors. I had you bring one of them today, yep. so. Isn't she gorgeous? I love it. So Thank tell you. me a little bit, I mean, because we've been through this a couple times where you basically have access to any color you could think of. Mm -hmm. And same with textures too. You offer mm -hmm. several different leather yes. textures. So tell me a little bit about the process in creating something. I know you had the style of the bag, but yes. she basically let me go, like say, okay, I have all these color swatches. What do you think would be a cool color to add yeah. to the line? Yeah. And so I picked this cool green because I thought it, it was just something different, but still really classic. Yeah, and emerald is just having its day. You know, this is a, a very strong color for fall. Um, you're seeing olive, you're seeing emerald. Green is just going places this fall. Yeah. So, yeah, it's stunning. And it's funny that I, I pour through fashion all the time. I'm always inspired by fashion, and I'm always inspired by women, seeing how women carry purses and seeing them out and about. Um, so it was fun for me to touch base with you, and I said to you, what would you like to see? And I already had tear sheets of emerald. So... Like we were drawn to, to the same thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on, Jill. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Next, we have Jamie Griffin, who is part of our Ariat uh, department. And I thought it would be cool to have Jamie on because um, she does a little bit of English, but also a lot of Western, which we know Ariat is a powerhouse brand in both industries. So 
Jamie, thank you so much for coming You're on. You're welcome. Um, you are a field merchandiser. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what that means and and kind of like what time frame are people shopping for right now, specifically for these weeks of WESA and ADA? Yeah, so right now we're shopping for Spring 24, or our customers are shopping for Spring 24. Um, my main job, I run the showroom upstairs on floor 14. That's where we're permanently based, and we also have one down here on 10 if you guys want to come check us out. Love it. Um, but just merchandising, keeping our product fresh, and making sure that we're staying with our trends, especially when we're building our displays and everything, but with our new product that we're launching. What do you find that um, retailers are, like what kind of pieces are people looking for these days? They're looking for those timeless pieces that even though it's launching in the spring, their customers can still buy it in the fall and right? keep it in their closets for years to come. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about a product that can be utilized yeah. year round instead of you know something that's like so specific to season or you know time of year or whatever, right. weather dependent. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love that. Um, as far as you know, kind of being in multiple disciplines um, of Western and English, like where do you feel like the future of the industry is headed? I think it's going in a super performance-driven direction, especially with product. A lot of companies are just encompassing multiple different technologies into one thing. So we have a lot of our product. We have moisture wicking. They're sun stopping. They're meant to help your posture like there's just so much that goes into one piece of product that we're just really changing the game it's more of that like we're looking at our riders like athletes instead of just people like they were before yeah. so yeah the product can be used for so many things definitely and with being a part of multiple disciplines what's that dynamic like i mean it se it seems like obviously we have the common thread of being horse lovers mm -hmm. and that kind of like brings us together but it's really two different worlds yes so it is. How, how does area a brand like area kind of juggle that dynamic of really understanding two different worlds like that yeah so our product managers they travel the globe and really see all the different trends the runway trends and make sure that they're keeping that equestrian style into all of the modernness of the world and Really, a lot of our pieces, they can be used, whether you're on the English side or the Western side of things. Like, it's all meant for one. It's meant for the rider, not yeah. for a specific discipline in mind. Yeah. What are some products that you feel like are, I guess, like best sellers for both English and Western? So our Ventec product is probably one of our top sellers. We yeah. incorporate that a lot into our shirts. Uh, it's that moisture-wicking material, the sun-stopping. It has the stretch. Uh, that can be worn for anybody, especially out riding in general, or it can be a casual shirt as well. Right. I just um, took one of your white linen tops to Kentucky for Derby Finals last oh, week, fun. and it, I just like wore it as a casual top. But so many people asked me about it, and when I was like, "Oh, it's Ariat," they're like, "What? Yes. No way!" Like, oh. it's so cool because there you guys offer such a variety of things. Yeah. But I think the importance of it is that it really kind of dips into both yeah. worlds. Like if you come see so many of my people today, they're wearing it like as a casual shirt, dressed. Yeah tucked into their pants with some boots, but exactly. they're also wearing it while riding their horse right. or out working the field or whatever they're yeah. doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that's the key for equestrian brands, especially because, I mean, it is, a, a, it's an expensive yeah. sport. And so having, you know, products that are a bit of an investment, I mm -hmm. think finding ways for people to wear yeah. them in so many different ways is key. Yeah. It needs to be that timeless piece in their closet that they can pull out for any event they have, not just riding. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, Jamie, thank you so much You're for welcome. coming on. I really appreciate yes. it.
Last up, we have our final guest, and she is also a brand, and this is Mathilde, who is from Yagya, um, one of my personal favorite brands. Thank you. Uh-huh. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, being newer to the American market, um, what has Ada, I guess, like done for your business growth? I mean, it has done very much. I think um, for us, we're from we're Scandinavian brand. We didn't know anything about like their retail market in in the U.S. So coming here, like it opened up, like our what do you say, like. Uh, the view on how everything was. Right. Like we could see the other brands, we could talk to other uh, amazing like female entrepreneurs behind the brands and just try to understand the whole market. So it has done a lot for us. How did you first hear about Ada? I mean, I don't know, to be honest. Maybe it was you, maybe it was oh, someone yeah. else. Yeah, I don't know. That wasn't a plug, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, a lot of people have spoken about it, but I don't remember who, yeah. so yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I feel like it's become, over the past couple years, more and more of just something that everyone puts on the calendar. Like, it's such mm. an important part of... Absolutely. My, my year now is like, so like we need to have all the samples ready. Everything yep. has to be done for Ada. And then we have to, you know, prep for the shoot and everything before. Right. And then also I can't take vacation to longer than like 7th of January because then mm -hmm. I'm going to go to Dallas out of yep. all the places in the Ada. world. I love that. How would you say, what is the importance of doing events like this? in terms of not just like brand awareness, but the relationships you've created with retail partners? I mean, I think it's, of course, the retail partners get to know them and understand their business, but I think it's also um, to understand the other, you know, the other vendors, the other retailers, what do they do? So it's like a, to get a whole like knowledge about everything and how it works. The first time that we came here, which was last year i didn't even know that you needed to have like price lists so we were like okay markups like uh, how do you even figure that out yeah. so that was like a bit you're yeah. kind of doing it on the fly yeah yeah exactly but, but i think that's also like the beauty of it too is that you don't always have to wait until you have it all together because let's be uh, honest you never do no, absolutely not <laughs> so you'd so. never have anything going if you were just waiting for no. perfection no so that, that's i think it's so much better to just do mm -hmm. and then you can like think and figure it out like yep. as you go yeah but I know uh, my business partner she's more like uh, she likes to think and plan and analyze so I think that's a good thing when you're like yeah two a good balance only, yeah exactly only doing like it's not maybe that good but yeah definitely yeah I love that how did you navigate pricing I know you were talking mm -hmm. about kind of getting that um, you know structure organized for Ada but how yeah. were you able to kind of navigate figuring out your pricing for yeah I mean there's no uh, there's no website like how do you set retailprices.com yeah. like, that's like where's not, the guide not, that exactly. I could, yeah. so there's none so I mean to be honest there was a lot of research about how do other brands position themselves price wise and like if you look into fashion they have like another markup system it has to be at least like 2.8 and here right. is like a little bit different but I think the most important part for us is trying to understand the the business side of the the retailer how like how is the shop is going to make money we can't just like we need to make sure that some of the items are more like what do you say revenue driving for them mm -hmm. even though that might cut down on our margins right so you have to kind of it's always like that in sales i have to understand the other one and like to make 
make it good for that person or their business as well. Right. For a brand that's new to attending something like Ada, it's an investment to have a vendor booth. Mm. What do you, what would you tell them as far as advice for them to be able to justify the investment? What are some goals that you would recommend them putting in place to make back that investment? Mm. I think, as someone else said, you have to do like for a long-term things. It's both is like mar marketing, but I think that one of the most important thing is the network to get to know the other partners and like vendors. Right. You always learn something because, for instance, we're like yeah, looking for some distributors or some agents in somewhere in the world. But if we haven't been to all these like just waiting for hours and a slow show, whatever, like none of that would have happened. Right. So it's like every little piece kind of sums together to what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's like every little thing. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about what you're wearing because yes, I am I eyeing that top. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. Yeah, tell Thank me a little you. bit what's what you're wearing and what's kind of new for Yagya right yeah. now. So this top is not new, but it's uh, the front tie riding shirt. It's actually a little bit like Western inspired, you can see by the shoulders. And it's one of the more looser fitted tops that we had. And we wanted to do something that was a bit airy. So this is the front tie but riding shirt. But it's still shirt. so like, stretchy and the exactly. tech fabric, it's yes. perfect. Yeah, it's amazing. So then we have the tailor trousers. Uh, and as you said also, like last year, oh, you should do them a little bit longer. And then we had Cindy also, like, which is our partner in Ocala. She's like, do a pocket. So now we have them a little bit longer and with a pocket. I love it. Yeah, so they're launching like very soon, which is amazing. And then something new is the belt. Oh, yeah, I did not so, know yeah. that. Vegetable tanned uh, leather belts made wow. in Italy. Cool. Yeah, so we're really happy about those those uh, new products. So we have a lot of new things, so you should check it out. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much, Mattel, for coming on. Thank you. Well, that concludes our show today. Thank you for everyone live who's attended. And for those of you listening um, over the podcast on iTunes and Spotify, Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been one of my favorite in-person events to go to, so I would urge anyone who is thinking about it, if you are a brand, if you are have your own tax store, it's huge in the horse world to just develop these relationships and get to know people face to face. I know there's been so many people over the the seven years that I've been doing my equestrian style and the podcast since 2019. So, so many people that I've either had on the podcast or have worked with um, through content creation on my equestrian style. So being able to have conversations in person, work on some projects together, try on new product, it's so worth it and so much fun. So. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, I'm Bethany Lee, and this is the Equestrian Podcast. Thank you. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast, and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next week.